Good morning. How are you this morning? Good? Good. Glad to hear it. For those of you who don't know me, and welcome to those who are new, my name's Paul. I'm one of the leaders here at Central Vineyard, so good morning to you. This year, if you have been with us this year so far, uh, you will know that we've really had a bit of a theme this year about how we go deep and wide on our journey with Jesus, and how do we become more like Jesus and know Jesus more. And at the moment, we're kind of in the middle, coming towards the end of a series all about the good life, what it is and how can we live it. But first, who here has ever taken a personality test, like a Myers-Briggs or something like that? Yeah, quite a few of you. I've taken so many of these tests, let me tell you. It's just crazy, the number I've taken. Myers-Briggs, I'm ISTP, ISTP, which is introverted, sensing, thinking, perceiving. Strengths finder, I'm context, relator, learner, activator, and input. My insight colors, no, I didn't know what that was either. I'm apparently sunshine yellow <laughs> and fiery red, so watch out. Um, my Enneagram, I'm almost equally type one, the reformer, and type A, the challenger. Now, I have to admit, I'm not a massive fan of these personality tests. I think because I tend to skirt the line between multiple personalities. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm, I'm always kind of 49% one, 51% the other. So it's a little bit frustrating for me to get any kind of consistency when I do that. But I think the best personality test that I have ever taken was this one here. Which Star Trek, the next generation character, are you? Now, if you don't know, I am a massive Star Trek fan, particularly TNG, the next generation. So if you know anything like that, see, I'm geeking out. So if you know anything about Star Trek, then you will just understand how completely over the moon I was when I received this personality. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, come on. Amazing. A born leader who has obscure cultural pursuits, well, that's true, and who loves talking out differences. Apparently, though, it does mean I might go bald, but I think it's worth it. I, I really do. I really do. Here is something, though, that I've noticed. Whether you love personality tests or loathe them, whether it's serious or ridiculous like this one, then have you noticed that there are no real tests for character? There are leadership style tests, there are um, tests for your personality, even skills and strengths tests, but I've never come across a test for your character. I've never seen a formal test for measuring your degree of honesty, your morality, or your integrity. So what, I hear you ask, what has this got to do with having the good life, the full life, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us and that he mentioned in John 10.10? 10? Well, I believe that a big part of living the good life is all about, not just about what we do, but about how we do it, about our good character. 
Today's talk explores that a little further as we look at a life of character. I think, as it should hopefully be clear by now, I'm going to be looking at what good character looks like this morning. But I think it's worth first looking at what the consequences of a lack of character or bad character has in society today. And I think that bad character is almost constantly in the news today. Whether you read, listen to, or watch the news, I think you will find stories of bad or poor character that pervade our society. It seems, I don't think I'm the only one who thinks this, that politics is rife with a lack of character at the moment. Whether it's allegations of outright lies, inappropriate use of power or position, lack of integrity or a failure to follow through on promises, I think we could probably agree that politics is in a bit of a mess. And I think that's true not only in this country, but in Europe, across Europe and in America too. The result is a lot of trust, a result of a loss of, loss of trust in our governments, a loss of belief that they will actually do the right thing for the country as opposed to doing the right thing or the best thing for themselves. We also see the impact of a lack of character in relationships across our communities that we are part of. We see it in marriages, with many marriages still ending in divorce. In 2012, the Office for National Statistics predicted that 42% of all marriages would end in divorce. That's a shocking statistic. Now, stats last year caused them to adjust that number slightly and move it down by 5% to 37%. But believe me, that's no cause for celebration. The reason they adjusted that number is that people just aren't getting married these days. They're not willing to enter into a long-term, lifelong relationship with someone else. So that's nearly four out of every 10 marriages ending in divorce. Also, the reason for, the adjust, for uh, divorce, 60% of marriages ended due to unreasonable behavior, adultery, or desertion. Now, hear me. I know a number of people, and many people work very, very hard on their marriages, and despite how hard they try, it still sadly ends in divorce. But when 60% of divorces are because one of the spouses has exhibited unreasonable behavior, committed adultery, or deserted their spouse, I think we can agree, agree that there is an issue with character. Anyone, by the way, who is listening to this, who is looking for the person that they will spend the rest of their life with, let me say this, and I'm not going to look at my daughter. Um, it doesn't matter how good-looking, intelligent, wealthy, or successful they are. What matters is the content of their character. I keep telling my wife, Esther, that she hit the jackpot when, 
She married me. She married someone with good looks, intelligence, wit, and character. This is usually met by a roll of her eyes and a dream on response, but I'm still sticking by it. We also see a lack of character in our workplaces. As well as working at Central Vineyard a day a week, I also work in technology at a retail bank. Some of you might be thinking, yeah, I can imagine a lot of bad character in those, those evil, unethical bankers. But I think you might be surprised. The bank I work for has, for a number of years now, focused on all the employees abiding by a set of values. The values include things like respect, stewardship, service, and integrity. And here is the thing. As far as the bank is concerned, the how you do things, i.e. these values, are equally as important as the what you do. Why do I mention that? Well, because I think the big banks are still suffering from when they weren't so focused on how they did things or doing things the right way with character. They're still paying fines from historic misconduct and they're still dealing with the poor reputation which they rightfully got at the time. When a company or their employees do not act with character, they can be dealing with the reputational damage for a long time after the event. I have personally had to tell people that they no longer have a role with us because of how they have behaved, because of a lack of good character. And you know what? Employees don't stick around either for the long haul if they have to work for those who have bad character. Finally, let's look at what the impact of a lack of character can have on our own Christian witness. In Acts 1.8, we read that Jesus commissioned us to be his witnesses. So if you have a Bible, whether it's electronic or physical, then now would be a good time to get it out. I always think it's a good idea to bring your Bible along to church. But if you don't have a Bible, then it's okay, because we will have it up on the screen. Acts 1, to 8, uh, Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I believe that at times, one of the biggest blockers to the wider church of Jesus followers in fulfilling that commission is our lack of good character. One of the way, ways that we witness and make our Christian faith attractive is by living lives that evoke admiration from those who are not followers of Jesus. So that people will look at us and go, I may argue with your philosophy, with your beliefs, but I cannot argue with your life. The fact is, you are living a better life than me. The problem is, is that the wider church of the followers of Jesus today, that we are often not attractive. We are no different than the world around us. A fighting, divided, angry church has nothing to say to a fighting, angry, divided, and violent world. 
An immoral church has nothing to say or give to an immoral world. A church in which the leaders are full of greed and live lavish lifestyles has nothing to say to a greedy world. And a church with abusive leaders has nothing to say to a world of abusive politicians and CEOs. A church that is bad news cannot hope to attract people to the good news of the gospel. I think the consequences of a lack of character are significant. And a lack of character stops us from having the good life that Jesus came to bring us. I think that the content of our character is so important that to some extent it should be the thing that we are known by and for. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We should all be known and judged by the content of our character. So what is character? How is good character defined? The pastor and author A.W. Tozer said this about character. As the excellence of steel is strength, and the excellence of art is beauty, so the excellence of mankind is moral character. What do you think of when I say someone has got good character? I think of words like trustworthy, honorable, honest, reliable, decent, fair, moral, virtuous, respectful, ethical. I think an excellent synonym for good character is the word integrity. Someone with integrity is someone of good character. My favorite, and some of you will know this, my favorite theologian is a guy called N.T. Wright, or Tom Wright, to his friends. And uh, Tom has a book that is all about character and virtues. And I highly recommend it to you, but be warned, be prepared to be challenged. The book is called Virtue Reborn. And in the US, the book was published under a different title, After You Believe Why Christian Character Matters. So depending on how you purchase your books, whether physical, digital, or audio, it might go under either of those titles. So that's why I've put them both up there. Let me just say, I have unashamedly used a number of illustrations and quotes from the book. So if you like what you hear today, and even if you don't, then do go get the book. It really is worth it. Okay, advert over. Wright starts out by setting up two ways that the world views morality. The first group focuses on rule-keeping, while the second emphasizes being true to yourself. Wright shows that the Bible incorporates truths from both of these views, and yet transcends them by forming Christian character in the light of the gospel and our hope for the renewal of all things. Wright describes character as this, 
character, the transforming, shaping and marking of a life and its habits will generate the sort of behavior that rules might have pointed towards, but which a rule-keeping mentality can never achieve. And it will produce the sort of life which will in fact be true to itself, though the self to which it will at last be true is the redeemed self, the transformed self, not the merely discovered self of popular thought. Building character is essential to the Christian life, to the good life that Jesus came to give us. We see that the Apostle Peter exhorts us to build on our faith with good character. In 2 Peter 1.5, and I'm reading from the message, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character. Tom Wright again, again goes on to say, what matters after you believe is neither rules nor spontaneous self-discovery, but character. And the development of character is what we call virtue. So I think I have established that good character is important. And we hopefully have a better feel for what we mean by character, and that it is an essential part of the good life. But how do we go about strengthening our character? How do we go about having more integrity? Well, that could be a sermon series all on its own, as there are so many ways. But today, I just want to focus on three specific areas that I believe if we go about um, focusing on these areas, we will strengthen our character. So the first way is strive to be consistent. A great analogy for character is that it is the human equivalent of the writing that runs through a stick of rock that you get from a seaside resort like Brighton or Blackpool, I think I've got a picture. There you go, that was just in case you didn't know what a stick of rock looked like. When you first encounter the stick of rock, you might be forgiven for thinking that the lettering is just on the surface, just printed on the outside. But as you suck, bite, or cut into the rock, you will find that the writing goes all the way through. Human character, in this sense, is the pattern of thinking and acting which runs right through someone so that wherever you cut into them, and by the way, I'm not recommending that you cut into people to find out, but if you were to cut into them, you would see the same person all the way through. What does that mean? Well, that means someone who behaves the same whether they are here in church on a Sunday morning on their best behavior or whether they're at home behind closed doors. It is the very opposite of someone who is superficial, someone who puts on a facade, a face, a certain behavior when they are in front of certain people. And then when their guard is down or they're under pressure, then an entirely different behavior comes out. Tom Wright puts it this way. When you're suddenly put to the test 
and you don't have time to think about how you're coming across, your real nature will come out. That's why character needs to go all the way through. Whatever fills you will spill out, and it's up to you to do something about it. So ask yourself, when the pressure is on, what comes out? Are you the same person both in work and out of work? Do you live differently around different peer groups? Does your environment determine your speech or is it consistent no matter what? People who have character, who have integrity, are the same in every crowd and in every environment. Popularity isn't important. Being able to bring credibility to the table, regardless of the setting, is what matters. And whether you realize it or not, people are watching. Friends, family, co-workers, even your kids are observing whether or not your words align with your actions. So what message are you sending? Is it one that conveys consistency or confusion? Good character is being true to the right principles even when no one is watching. The next area to focus on is do not conform. Character means doing the right thing regardless of what others think. And it often means standing alone and acting courageously. In Romans 12, 2, in the ESV translation, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you will discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The message translation puts it this way. Now, I don't have a slide for this because I simply want you to listen and not be distracted by reading the slides like I know you all do. Are you ready? So the message version of that. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. You know, sometimes it is easier to conform. Sometimes the stakes just aren't that high. The outcome isn't that important. And it would just simply be easier to go along with it, to go with the flow. How many times have you not said something, not stood up for something, not verbally disagreed with something because of a fear of how others may perceive you or see you? Because you were afraid that, that the group, whether it's socially or at work, that the group 
would think poorly of you. And so you just went along with the crowd. Maybe the people you are with are gossiping. I suggest stand up for the person that they are gossiping about. Don't conform. Don't join in with the gossiping. And even silence can be conforming. If someone is gossiping or perhaps suggesting doing something that you really shouldn't do, then saying nothing, staying silent, is still conforming. And we are clearly called not to conform. A person of character is a person who does what they say and lives a life that can be respected. Be more than words. Be a person of action and one whose reputation speaks for itself, not the other way around. Okay, last area to look at. Be patient and endure. In Romans 5, 3 to 5, it says, and this is the New Living Translation, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This verse speaks of character being formed through endurance, being established through endurance. If you're an athlete, and I'm clearly not, but if you are, then you know that there are no shortcuts to winning a race or a competition. You have to put in the hard work. It isn't easy. I'm coming to realize this um, at the moment in one specific aspect of my life, and that is losing weight. Now, I decided at the start of September this year that I really had to do something about losing some weight and getting fitter. So decision made, right? Great. Almost exactly a month later, on the 5th of October, to be precise, I had failed to lose any weight whatsoever. If I'm honest, I may have put a little on. <laughs> now, to be fair, it shouldn't have come as a massive surprise because since I had made that decision, I'd done absolutely nothing about it. I was still eating more than I should, particularly snacks, and I had done zero exercise. Apparently, you don't lose weight and get fitter by changing nothing. Who knew? Just because I made the decision, it did not result in any change if I did not change my behavior, my practices. Now, I'm happy to say, that since the 5th of October, I started to act. I started to change my behavior. And every day since the 5th of October, I have exercised a minimum of 30 minutes every day. Uh, you can clap. That is allowed. <laughs> Thank you. 
I have stopped snacking, although confession time, the very first week, I completely forgot about it, got my donut as usual, scoffed it down and then remembered. But please forgive me, I am vineyard. After all, it's in the DNA. Has it been easy? No, far from it. After the first week, in fact, I almost gave up because my belly had not miraculously disappeared. That was when my loving wife told me to man up <laughs> and keep going, and so I did. And I have learned that it's always best to do whatever Esther tells me to do. It's just easier that way. It's not easy to change habits, and sometimes it will be tough. There are days that the very last thing I want to do is any form of exercise, but I have been consistent. And although it may not be visibly obvious, I've lost over a stone in the last month. Thank you. And you know, forming character is no different. There are no shortcuts. You can't order a renewed character from Amazon. Other online retailers are available. You can't just decide that you have it and tell others that you do, and miraculously, you have it. It's built through endurance. It's built over the long haul. You have to have patience, and you have to work at it. You have to create new habits, and you have to be intentional. You have to be patient and endure in the good and the bad or tough times, even when faced with problems and trials, persist. Okay, I'm coming into land, honest. Going back to the stick of rock analogy, and this is key. Now, I'm not an expert on making sticks of rock but I'm pretty sure that the writing doesn't just appear there automatically. Someone needs to have put it in there. Likewise, the qualities of character which Jesus and his first followers insist on as vital signs of a healthy Christian life, a good life, they don't come about automatically. You have to develop them. You have to work at them. You have to think about it. You have to make conscious, conscious choices to allow the Holy Spirit to form your characters in ways that, to begin with, might seem a bit awkward or weird or difficult or just too much effort. But only in that way can you become the sort of person who will be filled with good character, who, when under pressure, reacts instantly with the strength of character, the integrity that marks us as followers of Jesus. But how do we do that, I hear you ask, and it's a great question. What habits, what conscious choices can I make? Well, let me quickly give you some pointers before we finish. Number one, read your Bible. Scripture is 
full of stories and examples of good character, especially in the New Testament, the life of Jesus, obviously, but also the apostles and the early followers of Jesus. Let those stories, let those words soak into you, transform you, encourage you. Secondly, pray about it. It might seem obvious, but pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you areas in your own life, in your own character that actually need strengthening. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, where are you weak? Where is that area that actually you do conform? Where is that environment in which you can't help but just go with the flow and agree with everyone else? And then, obviously, pray for some idea of the actions to put into place and pray for the resilience and endurance to stick at it. Thirdly, get into community. Get into community with other followers of Jesus, whether that's via small groups or even better, huddles. Huddles, if you don't know, are where you meet with two or three others of the same sex with whom you can be accountable. And let me tell you, nothing helps transform character quite as much as being held to account. When you know that when you're going to meet with some, some other believers who you've um, told, you're going to, told them you're going to do something, and they say, did you do that thing? Or did you not do that thing you said you weren't going to do anymore? It's a great way of keeping you honest sometimes. Number four. Attend equip sessions, and perfect timing for this. Central Vineyard puts on a number of what we called equip sessions. It was mentioned earlier during the notices, and these are great sessions that help you in your discipleship with Jesus. They give you the tools that you need to develop your character further and to become more like Jesus. And the key equip course, as you would have seen advertised earlier, is called Discovering Discipleship. So sign up, no excuse. They're here very, very soon. Please do sign up. Okay. Pretty much done. One last quote from Tom Wright's book, though. We urgently need to recapture the New Testament's vision of a genuinely good human life as a life of character formed by God's promised future, as a life with that future-shaped character lived within the ongoing story of God's people. And with that, a freshly worked notion of virtue. A good life, a full life, an abundant life is as much about our journey as it is our destination. Every challenge we face on the journey to a better life, a good life, has the potential to either take us down or make us stronger. There is no middle ground. When we face problems, hard times, it's the strength of our character that enables us not only to face the storm, but to turn it to our advantage. I invite you today to enter into the good life that Jesus came to give us by embracing a life of character and living the life God created you to live. If you're able to, then please stand.